This is Rugga Matrix America. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Alex Goff from Goff Rugby Report. Uh, back on the show with you with Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean. Pat Clifton from Rugby Today. Bruce McLean, head coach at Iona College Gales, um, which have been running about a lot lately. And it's really not to suck up to you at all, uh, Bruce. It just happens to be news. Uh, we're uh, back here with Rugby Matrix America, brought to you by... Aircraft Charter Solutions, and don't forget to check out Rugga Matrix International Show on RuggaMatrix.com. You can also check out Rugga Matrix International and Rugga Matrix America on iTunes and listen to that anytime you want. You can listen to any of these shows by downloading them and listening to them later or just listening to them uh, as you stream, as you go about your business. Uh, and guys, we're happy to be back on the show. We're probably going to be talking a lot about college rugby because college rugby is firing up. Um, but first of all, how's your week been? It's, it's it's actually I don't know what it's like around you guys, but it's actually becoming fall pretty quickly where I am, and I'm loving every second of it. No more mosquito bites. I actually get to wear a hoodie every once in a while, and uh, I don't sweat to death at practice. I'm loving it. I I I'm certainly not a warm weather animal. You know, bodies like mine aren't aren't good in the heat. And when, when we played Fordham, we were it was it, it was hot and humid and a little bit rainy. And, and I'll tell you, at the end of the I had to go into the cherry picker for the B game to sit in the chair because where they do the videoing because I had chub rub so bad that I couldn't walk the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. And people were coming up to me in the cherry picker like I was like talking to me and I felt like a schmuck, but I just I really couldn't walk. It hurt to walk. So I just said, Screw it, I climbed up into that. And uh so yeah. But it's good. I'm I'm I agree with Pat. We're really not warm weather animals. We're, we're more horses. We're ready for some fall rugby. We're ready Whatever. for some fall 15s rugby. Three front rowers talking about uh, sevens through the summer. Uh, maybe not the thing you want to do. Um, we're talking about college. College is, is firing up. And um, I think that one of the things that's been going on, I would like to talk about all the different definitions of what competition is in especially in men's college rugby but before we get that we did have some big news um at the beginning of this week which was that Penn Mutual Life Insurance Company is now the name sponsor for the CRC Invitational Sevens and what that means is that all the talk about moving the CRC to San Jose is a no-go, at least short-term, and it'll be back in Philadelphia. Um, Pat, you're closer to this, obviously, than I am, because I'm not on the Christmas card list at United World Sports. So um, tell me what you know about it. Well, if there's a Christmas card list, I'm not on it either. Are, <laughs> do, do, you, do you get, like, a royalty from USA Rugby every time you say invitational after CRC? No, I'm just, I'm just being bloody-minded. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a title sponsorship um, that's worth a, a very large amount of money. Um, that is, is a game changer for, for the competition and, and for the Varsity Cup as well. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, when the Varsity Cup started a few years back, I think it's almost more significant for the Varsity Cup than the CRC because it started outside the offices of United World Sports. And it was just started by these 
teams that wanted to do something different that were spurned from USA rugby, whether it was eligibility or the fact that USA rugby was raking in a bunch of money at the DNA final and not spitting it back out to the teams that, you know, drew in the fans or whether it was, um, you know, cause they wanted to control more control over what they were doing. All these different reasons. Uh, that's why these guys started this, this competition. And, um, you know, at the time, it seemed like they had a very commercial feel to it. They had a very nice logo. They wanted to do big things with it. They link up with the United World Sports. They get it on a you know a significant cable channel, and then here we had this huge sponsorship, and it's really kind of a groundbreaking um, sponsorship. Uh, so I, I think that's I think it's I think it's you know an important thing to note um, that now instead of just because the only person who's really getting significant sponsorship in any part of American rugby prior now was through the national governing body. And so now somebody, somebody's gotten some money that's not the national governing body. And, and I think that's, that's important to note. I definitely think it's a big deal that there was a massive amount of sponsorship given to the CRC varsity cup and the, the, and, and it is a game changer. I think from a corporate standpoint, I don't know how much that's going to trickle down to the individual clubs or individual teams. Because even if you were to just say somebody decided to give a million dollars a year to college rugby, a, a hard million, and you're going to divvy it up between the clubs. I mean, there's there's 500 clubs, and you know that's two grand a piece. And so it's not a lot of money, even a million dollars is now it, it could, it's a lot of money in terms of setting up a tournament and in terms of being able to put the infrastructure together to have an, an excellent event and broadcasting and all that kind of stuff. But when it actually comes down to trickling down to the individual teams, it, it, it's not that significant and oftentimes the money you get isn't worth the strings that are attached to it because the, the, the strings and regulations cost more than what you get. So, you know, that there's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting as to how this all plays out. Maybe you have an insight as to how this is going to play out and what they're looking to do or things like that. I know that D1A said they're going to have a response. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that the response should be congratulations, but well, let me uh, say that I mean a couple of things that are obvious that are tangible that are are known about that are, are it has done is there's a twenty five thousand dollar prize check waiting for the winner of the CRC, which they had in the first year. If correct me where I'm wrong here, Alex, but I think that was thanks to a Mark Cuban donation. Correct, um, and, and they had they had a check for the the plate winner too, I believe, that first year. I think it's a, I think it's a twenty five thousand dollars just to the win of the CRC, yeah. but definitely twenty five thousand dollars prize pool, which they haven't had since two thousand ten. So that's a significant addition. And the one thing you could speculate that it's going to do is you know, one of the big things that you know complaints people have had about the CRC is um, you know the the selection process, the teams that actually get invited that's too commercially minded. Well. Now, perhaps with a little bit of breathing room from the sponsorship money that helps you get into the black instead of into the red, um, you, you might see them uh, try to get a better standard of rugby on the field because they can afford to do it and not be such, so beholden to some of the local teams that they were getting sponsorship from their universities and, you know, 
asking to provide butts and seats. And I, you know, I, 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 one point that, um, you know, th- there will be a, an invar- a CRC qualifying uh, bracket at the LVI this year, which they hasn't haven't had for a few years because they were afraid of the teams that they would get in, that they wouldn't bring value to the tournament. So I think that one little example, and, and you could probably read between the lines and say it might make the CRC a little bit better of an event in terms of who's, in, who's involved because they have a little bit of breathing room financially. Hugely make a better event. How much money are we talking about? Do we know? Million dollars? I can't I can't Five million dollars? All right. Um, a couple of things um, about this. First of all, let's talk about the Varsity Cup for a second. The Varsity Cup, um, Pat, when you say the Varsity Cup's on a significant uh, cable channel, it's, I mean, technically it's the Varsity Cup final is on the significant uh, cable channel. The Varsity Cup final is in a major stadium. The rest of them are right. not. Uh, um, now, well, some some of them are played in, in really nice rugby venues. No complaints about the venues. Um and, you know, our, our Marine Corps Stadium, that's great and everything. Um, but if this money means that semifinals are on TV, isn't that's hugely significant. But I don't know if it does. Um, do you, do you have, have yeah, you I, any talk I don't, about that? Yeah, I mean, I, those two nuggets that I, I gave out are the, probably the two that I can provide from yeah. being someone who gets a check, or as you would say, would be on the Christmas card list. Yes. So I, I don't know exactly how the other things will unfold. Um, but, but, I mean, if you look at it, it I've got to imagine there will be some other benefits and things that come along the way that we just don't know about just yet. Um, but even that, I mean, let's take away, let's say that it doesn't go straight to the teams. Let's say that it doesn't. Um, let, let's say that it just goes to the company. The fact of the matter is it's a company that's a rugby company and it, the fact that it's able to garner uh, this kind of attention or this kind of financial and corporate support um, is significant in its own right, no matter how it's used, right? Because it's not the naf- national governing body that can levy. We have, you know, every single person in America that plays rugby plays with us and it's a big participation, participation sport. It's an individual company outside of that that's able to garner it. So for rugby as a whole, I think this is a big step because uh, once people can start making money off rugby, it's just going to snowball and get bigger and bigger. And and whether it's, you know, it, it, it changes everything for everybody who's in part of the CRC or the Varsity Cup for a vastly, you know, huge benefit, we don't know, but if somebody can turn a buck off of rugby, that's the first step of it really catching up to where the other sports we wanted to catch up to. They still have to turn up a buck off it. And um, what, one of the things, okay, so what are you what are you trading off? In the CRC, the talk was that they were going to go to San, uh, San Jose. Um, there was a lot of money, a lot of enticements potentially, and, and re- remember, bird in the hand versus two in the bush, right? Um, potentially... A lot of backing in San Jose, Silicon Valley, a lot of rugby people, a lot of money. So did they pass up a similar amount of money to take the sure thing with Penn Mutual? I don't know, but it's possible. The other thing about this Penn Mutual deal for the CRC and and for rugby as a whole, forget about – I mean, you know, personally, I think – United World Sports can do whatever they want with the money. If they want to keep it and they want to give a big old bonus to whoever landed the deal, good for them. They should. Um, if they want to take away the um, the financial outlay that teams in the CRC make to get there, they can if they want. They don't have to. But none of that's going to change how many people come to see the tournament. And... Uh, 
attendance has been essentially flat for the uh, the three years that it's been in Philadelphia, right? It's not changed. They they expanded it to have more uh, Pennsylvania teams involved. The attendance didn't change. And I just wonder if that's going to be an issue at some point. It's not going to bring more fans there. The stadium's still going to look empty when it's on TV at certain times of the day. And I know Sevens is like that a lot. Um, and I just, I just wonder about that. Is it a game changer? It, Pat, you think that they're going to get more fans because of this money, because they won't have, you know, a Drexel or, or one of the local teams that's not going to do very well there, and instead they can afford to have Arkansas State. I don't uh, – either that means that they were flat wrong and they should have had Arkansas State all along, which I believe and I think a lot of people believe, St. Mary's, people like that, um, or – they were right, and they bring in those teams. It's not going to make any difference. And I'm just, I'm just concerned for the event, for the game, for the way the game looks on television. That great money in there. It's still on TV. That's wonderful. We're still only going to get sixteen thousand people. A couple of things from that. One is, I, I'm not saying that because they can have better teams in it that it necessarily will yeah. mean that we're going to end up with better attendance. I think it's a possibility. I think if we're all being honest, that part of the CRC's perceived problem is there are people in, in the rugby community who have turned their backs on it because they can't get into it. They have, you know, when they turned away the, the, the invitational, when they took away the invitational in Vegas, there was, there was virtually no way for every team in America to get their chance in it. So I think that took a little bit of the shine off of it for, for a lot of the rugby people out there. Um, and, can, and I, can I interrupt you just for a second? They not only took it away, they took it away in the middle of the registration process. So people registered for the LVI thinking they were going to be qualifying for the LV for the CRC. And then it was taken away. And that left a very bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Right. So, and you know, that's what I'm driving at is that I think that there's been some backlash um, from people who aren't directly involved in this year. So you don't get to go every year because they're right around it. And, and those people that, you know, uh, we're going to send their teams or, or whatnot to Vegas. I think there's been a backlash in the rugby community about the CRC for that reason. And because it doesn't necessarily have the best teams year in and year out. Um, so, you know, maybe this helps its image issue and maybe it, it gets a little bit better, uh, uh, you know, showing from some of the rugby people would turn their backs. It's also, you know, one of the problems is it's right in the at the end of the men's club season. It's at the it's traditionally yeah, the same huge. weekend as the national championships for all of our clubs. So that's you know that's so we're splitting an already niche audience into more different uh, parcels. But what I will say is I've been to the Sun Bowl. It's in El Paso, Texas. I went because Missouri was in it. That stadium was half full at best. I actually saw Rihanna. She sang at halftime. This was like before she was huge. But anyway, how's she, how's she, do, how's she doing then? You guys still come? well? I was I was still enamored. We didn't yeah we didn't get to talk. But I drove my butt all the way to El Paso to sit in a, a third empty stadium, and I just looked it up while we were talking here. And the Sun Bowl's been around since 1916, and I think there are examples of that, especially in college sports, because bowls come to mind that. If Penn Mutual already found value in this tournament that, as you said, had flat audience over a course of years, then, uh, you know, surely they're not 
saying that it only has value if it doubles in attendance all of them all of a sudden. So th- there's some value there, you know, one way or another. And NBC, of course, is a big part of that. So, um, you know, it's well, uh, good- I, I, I would I would say that the, if the CRC got 20 percent more fans and most of those came on Sunday, then they should be pretty darn happy and things would look good. Yeah. But 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 the Sunday crowd, because it's not real strong, um, sometimes, especially near the end of the day, doesn't look that great. And and we know if you wa- and you watch international tournaments all over the place, the the biggest crowd is for the semifinals, right? Uh, but as the as the bowl the shield the bowl come through, those fans start leaving, and actually um, the final is usually played in front of fewer fans, and that's all over the world. And I think you're absolutely right about championship weekend. And in fact, that the problem one of the problems with Philadelphia is that it always seems to be a, a division two club from that area that's going to national. Sometimes there's like two of them going to division two the division two club very strong so so uh, i i think that that's a bit of an issue and i don't know if that issue goes away if you take it to california um or anything like that but i I, the backlash is not just about the teams that weren't invited or you know felt that they weren't wanted i feel like the backlash I, i wouldn't go as strong as say backlash i think the the uphill climb to get fan interest uh, is, and, I, and I, I said this when I worked for that company, and I told people there, you needed to have been uh, a little bit more, pay more attention to the rugby audience and the rugby fan. And a rugby fan looks at some of those matchups and says, I'm not really excited about that. And that's the thing that's got to be fixed, is you've got to say really great matchups. You've got to come through and say that, Pool A has Cal, Central Washington, uh, UCLA, and Navy. You know, something that's like, wow, they're all going to be great. But we haven't had that. Well, I think that memories are short. And I don't, I don't think memories are long, especially when you have a turnover like you do in college rugby. You don't necessarily have the turnover in coaching. Um What's his name? Fraser Grigger from Penn State said that you could tell a good college rugby program by the longevity of its coaching staff. That's not true. Well, but it 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 is it is true for consistency. The longevity of a coaching staff does help. Now it could be that could also be a you know the coaching staff has stayed there for a long time because they've had reasonable success. So, you know, and then they weren't, they didn't quit out of uh, being despondent. But I think that people have short memories. And I, and I think that with the ability to be on TV, that that's always a carrot. The fact that kids are turning over, you really only get to play a side for a year or two. It's not a whole lot different than high school sports, especially when you get to the higher levels. And, you know, you, you, you are going to get freshmen who do play, but that's, that's generally at uh, either the freshmen are particularly gifted or the program isn't the, the most powerful or potent program in the world. So I think that they have the opportunity to turn that around. And I think that the biggest thing, especially in terms of Penn Mutual, they, they obviously would like to see the stadium with at least the lower part of the ball filled. 
the the most important thing is that the TV ratings are high because that's where they get their bang for the buck and also that the media coverage is pretty good and that the readership on on the uh, Rugby Today website, the readership on NBC Universal, and the, e- even the readership on uh, Golf Rugby Report is is high when they say that this is going to be the Penn Mutual CRC, and and then that there's Facebook hits on it, and then people know what the hell Penn Mutual is, and I think that's what they're looking for. I'm not. I can't say that I'm positive on it, but I, I think that's what they're looking for. And then it's going to be a matter of how much further into collegiate rugby do they want to go? Is it? Are they just interested in the CRC? I, I kind of doubt it. Are they? How heavy into the Varsity Cup are they going to be? Problem with the Varsity Cup is it's a tournament, an excellent tournament. But a tournament over the over the course of five weeks, that's very expensive to run, and I know that the teams pay for it themselves, but it's still very expensive. And then, and, and what other? How else are they going to try to get into college rugby, or how else are they going to team up with the United World Sports? Those are going to be the things that are, are going to come out soon enough. I don't exactly know what that is. But that also kind of segues into the ACRC as well, which is a fall rugby competition. And that seasonality issue. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. You're you're listening to Rugby Matrix America brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions. And I'm Alex Goff and we're Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean. And we were talking about the CRC and the Varsity Cup and the big sponsorship deal they got. Um, and uh, hope, hopefully Rugby Today gets a slice of that. I don't know, Pat, if you're going to get that. But uh, I'm already swimming said, in gold coins over here. Well, I'm sure you are. Yeah. Uh, just tell Rihanna that. Um, the CRC and the Varsity Cup are part of private spinoffs of national-level championship competition. Uh, and we've got the ACRC, which is a um, loose confederation of fall playing uh, uh, conferences that play a bowl game at the end. Uh, Bruce, you're heavily involved in that. Um, and what I find, one of the interesting things about the ACRC is that you've got conferences that are D1A and you've got conferences that, that are D1AA. Um, and you've got conferences that really don't seem to worry about it one way or the other. Um, and nobody seems to care, at least. Well, maybe there are a few people who are concerned and want to make sure that they're, 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 they don't lose out on whatever playoff uh, pathway they want. Um, but it, it seems like that it, people are getting sort of like, two bites at it you can do the, you could be acrc you play a bowl game and still play in playoffs well or does the ACRC, it matter? You, you you're exactly correct the acrc is a loose affiliation of conferences and a loose affiliation of teams that are committed to 
the concept of fall collegiate rugby in the 15s game. Most of those teams, but not all, are committed to sevens rugby in the spring. And I, and I would say probably 80 to 90% of those teams are committed to sevens rugby in the spring. My team in particular is not committed to sevens rugby in the spring, but that doesn't mean we won't do it. I, I've had a bunch of people on a bunch of kids on the team when you have a, a long bus ride back, they start peppering me about sevens and they have 13 coaches and we start peppering them back with uh, none of us really like sevens or are interested in coaching it. So if you guys are interested in playing, get 20 guys and we'll find you a coach. So, and, and we'll see how that pans out. But, um, and, 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 and there's other reasons. I think that the seasonality issue is important because it's going to come up. It, it, as, as teams go varsity army and all those other, and, and, and others that may or may not go varsity, the seasonality issue is going to come up. I know that there's something that says that we're competing with football. We're not competing with football. We're so far from the realm of competing with football. It's not even funny. I think that rugby is best played in the fall because the weather is good throughout the country. That said, I don't think that we would have a perfect national championship if everybody played fall rugby because I don't believe in the basketball model of championship. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I've let you say this on a, quite a few of the podcasts. I don't know that I've really – you say basketball model, but – in high school football across the country and in literally every single level of college football now, with the top level being the latest, there has been knockout tournaments deciding a champion. So it's not just a basketball model. It's a football model. Okay, yeah, in, in, in Division One, AA2. And, 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 and I, in Division and I, Three, in Division Two, in junior I, college, in NAIA. I'm, I'm perfectly, perfectly aware of how football works. Um <laughs> The the difference being is that we don't have the money. And that historically, you know, rugby's been kind of like T-ball where everybody makes the playoffs. And God forbid you're in a conference and you don't make the playoffs. Or God forbid you come in fourth place and you don't make the playoffs. The well, fact here's that the, that's the thing that I've always thought, and I've been a champion of the ACRC since – before you were in the college game. Then, right? Hey, so, no doubt. You, 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 I don't know a whole hell of a lot about college rugby. I'm fortunate enough to have friends like Doc Jones, Rob Holder, and, and uh, Tim O'Brien. Otherwise, and, and Clarence Picard. Otherwise, I would be, uh, it would be a disaster. Right. I happen to have I happen to have been able to pick their brains to not make it a total disaster, and and you know and thank God that we have Tim Downey, the director of rugby, who I coach with it at Iona. That had it not been for him, believe me, I, I can be a cantankerous sob, and as you guys have seen, and so I I understand. But I think that I really say, say, for instance, you can't have a perfect championship. I don't, I don't know how easy that is. But what you can do is the ACRC. I love it because 
contrary to popular belief east of the Mississippi, we are so far behind the top teams in this country. I mean, most teams are 80 to 100 points worse than St. Mary's. You know, 80 to 100 points worse than life. 80 to 100 points worse than BYU and Cal. That doesn't mean that now those teams underneath that we're not, you know, that our teams aren't quite in there in their realm. So I, I, those four teams, though, are a little bit different than everyone else. And Arkansas State to an extent. But after that, then it, but then it starts to even out. And I think that the only way we're going to even it out and get ourselves to the point where we're playing decent rugby throughout the country is to play collegiate rugby in the fall. And that also allows some of the resources from collegiate rugby in the spring to go and help with the high schools, which I think is the difference between rugby and lacrosse is that after you finish playing lacrosse in college, you go back and coach. After you finish playing rugby in college, you play or you do nothing. And I think that we need to get people to coach rugby. That's not to say not to play it. But it is to say to coach it. And we need people to do it at a youth and, and high school level. We also need colleges. And, and I've been trying to speak to different people about putting together our recruitment lists and putting them all together and, and sharing them with each other. Not so much because obviously you want to get the best kids. But the reality is... Where high school rugby would really flourish is if kids were getting recruitment emails or letters or phone calls from 40 or 50 college coaches. And then people say, oh, my kid is, a, say, for instance, Iona, where I coach. If you have reasonably decent grades, you can get a very good scholarship at Iona. It is a purely academic scholarship. Like the tuition is thirty grand, and room and board is sixteen. But if you have you know eleven hundred or twelve hundred SAT, you get like an eighteen or nineteen thousand dollars scholarship, purely academic. But because you wouldn't have known about it, you tell about it, and then the parents can go and say, "Yes, he's got a scholarship to play rugby at Iona." He really has a scholarship because he has academics that afford him that scholarship. And when I say that's math English, then you know most most schools don't count writing. Um, so the that's a that's something that if everybody was doing that, then people say, wait a second, these kids are getting scholarships to go play rugby. Why doesn't my school have that? And then you can get the pressure on to have the rugby there, and that I think is really important. That seasonality thing provides the ability for us to deal with high school rugby in the spring and approach that recruitment seriously and approach the, approach the recruitment correctly. The other part of it is that, and I know that this is a huge <laughs> bugaboo of every, is that freshmen and sophomores who are pretty good should be able to go play on the twenties. And if they, if they're put into that pool and, uh, in the you know Thanksgiving and, and, and beyond trials prior to the next semester, 
they really should be encouraged to take that semester off and go play 20s. And, and, or especially in areas where you, you mean, you mean, you're meaning national team select side stuff? Yeah. National team select side stuff. And because the ultimate goal at the end of the day is to do what's best for you guys. Now, what's best for you guys in 99% of the cases that they play with their friends in college, they really love it. They go back, they play a couple of years in men's rugby, maybe five, seven, eight years, whatever it is. And they coach high school, JV, youth stuff. You know, they just do things a couple of days a week and get other people to love rugby. That's the ideal situation. But there are certain people who can move beyond that. And we have to provide the platform to do that because what generally happens is they go to college rugby, they play, and while even if they're playing great college rugby, it's not good enough to move on to the national level. And then say they have to play a couple of years of men's rugby, which isn't good enough either, and then they move on to the national team, and then they got to spend two – so it's like now you're 22 years old, then you go, you go and you play a couple of years of men's rugby, you're 24, you get selected, it takes you two years to get your act together. You're 20, now you're 26 – and then you start to be good, and then you get hurt. It, I think that that process, if we see it, has to get started a little bit earlier. And it would be nice if we had a seasonality that allowed kids the opportunity to take a semester and do it. Right now, we're playing rugby all the time. And the reason that Cal, BYU, St. Mary's, and others win is that they do it. Life's a little different. But they do it for a season, and they work out, they get strong, they, they focus on winning during one season. I, and I think the other thing about the ACRC that, that's good, first off, just because I think fall rugby is good doesn't mean that the California teams have to agree with us. It allows teams to play D1A in the event they want to. Army, Penn State, Wheeling Jesuit in our conference – are very interested in playing D1A. They have, they may or may not even go to an ACRC bowl. That's their prerogative. And if teams want to play in the Varsity Cup, then that's their prerogative as well. Like Dartmouth is playing in the uh, in the Ivy League and going in the Varsity Cup. I, I think that Notre Dame may be playing an independent schedule, but I could be wrong on that. And and they're going to be in the Varsity Cup. The, the thing about the ACRC, the best way to describe it is like church. We're not really going to tell you that you got to be here. We think it's the best thing. And if you want to come, you're invited. But if you don't want to be here, that's okay too. And if you want to go to another one, you know, and then you can do that as well. If you want to play sevens in the spring, knock yourself out. You want to do the varsity cup, knock yourself out. If you want to do the D18 playoffs, knock yourself out. If you don't want to do anything, that's terrific too. We're so happy that you're playing fall rugby, and that's what's important to us. Yeah, also- but you know, the, you, all those conferences and teams could do that without a logo that says ACRC on it. So what? All so- the ACRC is is a logo and somebody that's organizing a weekend in Charlotte for some exhibition games. But so all that could be happening without the ACRC's existence. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. The ACRC is it, – it, it it's almost a non-existent – it's nothing. 
the ACRC is basically a loose organization of conferences that allows you the freedom to do whatever you think is best for you. Now, there are conferences within that, like the ACRL, which is essentially the ACC, and the SEC have organized that they're going to play a bowl game. And that's going to be one of the games that's going to take place in Charlotte. There'll be others that are organized. I think that they want to include the Big Ten into some kind of a thing with that. And that's going to be important. Those teams need to have their conference identity. I, I think that, you know, like Oklahoma wants to play somebody. I, I, I think they want to play Penn State. Well, that's great. Then you could organize that, and that's fine. We don't have, there is no perfect way. What we're really trying to do is say that conference play means something and that winning your conference is important. And that the most important thing you're doing is playing for your conference championship. And I think that when that happens and you create those rivalries and you create that buzz locally, then you can expand to nationally. But the teams in the East really aren't there yet because we basically had 30 years of playing three or four games in nice weather before, you know, the last day of class in the first week of May. And, and that's the reality. Well, I've talked about this offline with you, Bruce. I've talked about it offline with the ACR commissioner, ACRL commissioner, Pat Kane. I've talked about it with Roger Mazzarella of, of Bowling Green, who is in the Mac, one of the conferences that was in the ACRC. And I think that the bowl um, do whatever you want thing may have been a turnoff for them. Uh, and maybe it's my fault and my flaw because that I can't get over it. But what I loved about the ACRC was it was a bunch of conferences at first that came together and said, we want to do this. And it, like you're, well, like you're saying, all committed to fall rugby, but they still wanted to crown a champion and play towards a, you know, a postseason of some kind. And maybe it's my hangup, but what I would have liked to have seen is you guys come together with a poll, Alex, you're already doing a coach's poll. Come together with a poll, get the four best teams to play a semifinal final, and if you want the weekend of the final, you can have other bowl games, kind of like what had planned last year. You had the championship playoffs, but then there was these other bowl games that were supposed to happen on a bowl weekend. If you want to do that, you could, but it was it would have been feasible. You're talking about two weekends of travel and not this big, long expensive, uh, you know, four weekends of travel. And I think it would have been doable and you would have actually crowned a champion. And I, if you, you could draw it up to where that those four games have been pretty competitive. You know, you, let's just throw in, you, you chuck in, you have Kutztown, you have, uh, let's say Dartmouth, let's say Clemson and Bowling Green. And if you want to take out Dartmouth, throw in somebody else. I think that's a pretty compelling four four-team playoff that people would have gotten some value out of and you still would have been playing towards a championship. I, and, and I think that where the ACRC is coming from is to say that we're not naive and we understand that the top four teams are Life, St. Mary's, BYU, and Cal. And, and again, to an extent, Arkansas State. So... Crowning a quote-unquote champion is almost fraudulent. So what we're trying to do is build what we have and not act like we're something we're not and do it within a sustainable way. 
And that doesn't mean that we won't get to the point where we're doing that. It's just that this year, we're not going to get ourselves fixated on the national championship because we can't afford to. And in the event we can't afford to, we can't afford to do it right. And I think that what we're trying to do by going to Charlotte in that it's a, a wonderful venue, it's brand new, and is that we're saying that we're going to do it right. We're going to do something and we're going to do it right. And everybody is going to have a great time doing it. And it's not going to be perfect. And we know that. And it's unfortunate, but it's never going to be perfect no matter what. Because the Varsity Cup makes D1A imperfect. D1A makes the Varsity Cup imperfect. And the ACRC is in the mix somewhere that unless life plays in some way in the ACRC, then, I mean, they, they don't really have much of anything bringing to the table outside of a, a lot of really good named teams that are trying to get themselves to the point where they're competitive with a St. Mary's and BYU. And, and, and the fact is we're a long way off that. We are not even in, can I, can I jump, jump in for a second? Uh, there's something to be said for having a bunch of conferences that talk to each other and work together and talk to each other, you know, communicate. Um, and maybe they just have a bowls, uh, bowl games at some point, but maybe it grows into something bigger. Um, just as the varsity cup is growing into something bigger. Um, we, we have, we've talked about this before. We've have a fractured splintered men's college competition. We have, I mean, uh, you look at, you look at D one a, uh, which has, um, six conferences plus one team that's just completely independent. Um, and of those six conferences, three of them are ACRC. But ACRC also populates heavily uh, in D1AA, where you've got uh, six ACRC conferences in D1AA. But then you've also got, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six conferences in D1AA at least that have nothing to do with the ACRC. Uh, USA Rugby comes out with this new plan. I'm curious to see what you guys think about this, but the the idea that you basically work your way into you you win what they call a regional championship, although it's really chronological, not regional. You win a fall championship, um, and if you're in that final, then you're in the semifinal in the spring against the the teams that won the spring championship. Does that what do you think about that? What do you do? You, do you think well, that's a, that's a compromise? Does it work, or is it just USA Rugby saying, "Please, please play in our championship"? I think it's a little bit of all of what you just said. But the, the thing that'll be interesting about it is, and I've tried to figure out how it's going to work because they were a little bit ambiguous in the way they said it, but they had to be because how many regions? You know, tr traditionally your regions have four teams each. You have four of them, and that makes your sixteen-team playoff. And that's the way the D1AA has worked. But how many regions are going to play all the way to their regional champion who would then go into the Final Four in the fall? Well, you've only really got three conferences that are fully fall-playing conferences that are stating that they're going for a D1AA championship. And um, 
you know, so I think that's really one region. So one re and it, one region would probably be your fall region, and then you'd have potentially three spring regions. I don't know that you could populate three spring regions to get to the final four for a full. So I don't, I don't know that the D one double playoffs would be a 16 team playoff again. I mean, to be honest with you outside of in D one double a, who's going to beat a team that was as good as central Florida last year. And if you take central Florida out of Florida out of it, who's going to be a team that's been as good as Bowling Green year in and year out. Well, if, um, if all of this had been put out about two, three months ago, then you'd see the NCRC would have changed their schedule completely and they'd be playing sevens in the spring and they'd be playing 15s in the fall and they'd probably be going for this. And so you'd be talking about maybe um, Central Washington or if they didn't want to do it, then, you know, somebody else. But uh, um, that that would be another conference that would change it. Um, but it, yeah. it it's, you know, it, it's just weird. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sitting there working through what, you know, what competitions are doing what. And then you go into Varsity Cup and you you see the list of teams and some of them are D1A and some of them are D1AA and some of them are neither because they pulled themselves completely out. Um, and then you've got a conference, possibly, possibly, arguably the best conference in the country. Doesn't really produce anyone for any championship. And that's the, the PAC, the, the, the six teams in that, that are part of PAC-12. Uh, because Cal, UCLA, Arizona State, uh, are uh, and Utah are all varsity cut. Arizona is an independent D1A team, and then Oregon State, who knows what they're going to do? They may D1AA, but it's is it there? There, you're you're in a way sort of like you're one of the great conferences that you could hold up as a flagship. You know, you're going to have a great game every week. Doesn't even do anything. It just floats out there on its own. Um, well, they've got. I mean, three of their teams are committed to the Varsity Cup, and that's right, probably right. No, why. I mean, I, I'm no four, well, four of them actually, aren't they? Four of them. But uh, the that I'm not. That's fine. But the thing is, isn't that? I'm just sort of pointing out the strangeness of it. And Bruce, I mean, I, I think it's like that. I don't think you'd have a problem with that. It's is they play in the spring. The pack plays. They win a conference. That's got nothing to do with anything, and that's fine. My whole point of it and the whole point of the ACRC and, and the whole point of actually the reason I enjoy it is that a lot of the politics has been taken out of it and by bring the reason the ACRC really has got nothing is we don't charge anyone in it doesn't cost any money to be in it so but we don't break your chops about doing anything either and we're just trying to say, hey, do what you have to do to get yourself better. There, like, there is no perfect way to have a championship. E- I guess even if the whole damn country played in the fall, and the reason that it's different than football, like in D3 or D1A, D1AA, is that you can't have a champion because you have too many conferences to even have champions that would go into a playoff system and you just run out of weekends. The whole problem is that you run out of weekends. And that's it. It's not, not anything. You run out of weekends and you run out of, you run if, out of good weather. And, and if you, we had a ton of money in it and we could do playoffs on a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday schedule, maybe we could do it. 
Well, the, the, difficulty, just... the difficulty is that the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday schedule is, A, financially impossible. Right, and, but if, if you, also, had, you had millions and millions of dollars and well, everybody was, I mean, it's like, and, that, that's how, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out how unattainable that is. Yeah, and that, but that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean it's unattainable. It just means that given the current state of the quality of the product that we're providing, it's unattainable. But I think that in the event, in the event that we have, we, you got to deal with the whole seasonality thing. Seasonality is very important to deal with because once you address the seasonality question, then you can focus your energies on that season and figure out what's best. That's when I think, I, the key. You know, when you guys were talking about, and this was, I mean, a while back before the ACRC became this weird hippie commune of a competition. <laughs> uh, you know, I was talking to, you know, Linwood coach to, you know, guys about what they were going to do. And what always made a lot of sense to me, and I, some teams still have, are beholden to USA Rugby. I think it's because some of their coaches want to be in the, in, in the, in the uh, age grade pathway systems and they, they don't want their, you know, they feel like if they're not in USA Rugby's flagship competition that their players will get, you know, won't get the same looks for to be all Americans and then eventually become Eagles. And uh, this whole high performance cloud kind of hangs over some of their decisions. But what happens if all of the Rugby East plays in the ACRC in the fall? What, what if Lindenwood and, 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 and Life and Arkansas State, and they can all do whatever they want in the spring, all actually committed to playing their A-sides in the fall and then mm-hmm. playing their sevens in the spring? And, you know, I, I always thought, yeah, I think you, you could have a really compelling ACRC actual championship if you did it and did it the way I said you had, you know, a four-team championship. But on top of that, the one benefit I kept trying to, to spin to – Specifically, the Lindenwood coach was, you know, the benefit you get out of that is that you now have a seven season and you have a 15 season. And for Bruce, that means you have a 15 season and then you have a semester off. But um, for those that do want to do 15s and sevens, you can separate it and really go hard, go all out on each one. And I think that there's a lot of value in that. I think that um, you look at some of the teams that have been able to, to do that. They've had some success in it. I, that, that's, a, that's a great point. The, now, part of what the ACRC discussions were, when, you know, and, and again, these discussions are always pretty loose, is November 22nd is bowl weekend, and they're going to have bowls. Now, in the event that the proper champion isn't crowned, there's always December 6th to just say, hey, dude, I'll play you. You know what I mean? Like, AIC, if they beat Kutztown in, and they're not ranked number one, or they can just say, okay, life beat Penn State or Kutztown in the final, or and say, okay, we'll play you. And they just make the game. But in the event you don't have to do it, we don't force that semifinal final thing. It, 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 it's, it basically is just saying we don't have money and we're not going to force people to do things because you wind up with egg on your face and we're saying that on this big day, the weekend before Thanksgiving, 
we're going to try to have something nice in a good location in Charlotte that is very rugby friendly. And that's it. But that doesn't mean you can't continue on if you want to. And that doesn't mean, and, and it could mean two weeks later or even the following week. Because I've spoken to Holder about this as well. And he's like, you're a jackass. You can definitely finish this thing in proper time frame. He said, say you had 16 conferences throughout the country. First week, November 22nd. Second week, Thanksgiving. Third week, the 6th. Fourth week, the 13th. And then classes are over. You do the, the last three games in the South. And that has no, there's, there's no problem with doing it, which there isn't. The difficulty becomes scheduling your travel plans and things of that nature on very little notice, scheduling travel plans on Thanksgiving weekend, et cetera, et cetera. They, so there are, there are issues involved, but they're certainly not insurmountable. So I get and what if you do saying. it right, you're talking about bus rides, not flights. Well, no, there's certain, if you're talking about a national tournament, you're talking about flights. And because I'm saying if it was a if there was a seasonality national now uh, the other part of that the flip side of that coin is that me personally I don't think that anybody should be deeming that everybody play in the fall. I believe that fall rugby is best for college rugby, but I also don't believe that I have the right to tell Tim O'Brien what's best for Tim O'Brien. I don't have the right to tell Dave Smith, Jack Clark, or anybody who plays spring rugby, Paul Keeler, anybody, that they have to do what I'm doing. Because I think that's nonsense. You don't have the right to tell anybody anything. On the flip side, they don't have the right to tell us what to do either. And in, in doing that, you're going to have an imperfect champion because we're not going to agree on that. And, and, and that's until they come and see the light that, that, that the fall is correct. We're not going to agree because the fall is correct. All right. Well, I, th I think we, we've um, hammered this horse into, into the ground. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th I think it, it may still be a process because we've been talking about it for a while and we, we, up, we uprooted everything a few years ago and um, then changed it and changed it again and changed it again. People are looking for what's going to work for them. That's probably um, the best That's thing. the final thing there, Alex. Yeah. People looking for what's going to work for them. And whatever works for them is best for them. Yeah. And, that's, and that's a great thing. Well, that's, that's going to do it for us on Rugger Matrix America. Um, not, not the Penn Mutual Rugger Matrix America. I noticed that. Uh, the uh, Rugger Matrix America is brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions. And we're having a good time. And we're going to be checking back. Uh, our next show, we may have a look at what's going on in the club scene. Or maybe we'll look at the Eagles. Who knows? Uh, because we've got some... Uh, there's a sevens tournament coming up in Australia, isn't there? And there's also a tournament coming up in British Columbia. So that well, was that's what I'm gonna. I, I I may be prepared to talk about men's rugby because we we are playing Wheeling Jesuit 
on Sunday because I couldn't, I couldn't get a bus that would take us there for a Saturday night game. We were supposed to play at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. So we're going to play them at noon on Sunday, which means we're going to leave at 3 o'clock on Saturday. And, and Iona College is about two and a half miles from the New York Athletic Club. So I'm going to be able to see the New York Athletic Club versus Life game, which takes place at 1 o'clock. So I'm going to know what's going on at the elite Atlantic rugby premiership level. And I, oh, I'm great. pretty excited about that game. That'll be some good stuff. Well, then we'll get your observations, and we can uh, check to see w whether, you know, whether we're actually uh, cooking up some eagles in this ARP and the PRP too. Uh, so, so for uh, for Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton, this is Alex Goff, thanking you for listening to Rugga Matrix America. <laughs> <laughs>